Are you short-staffed? Are you not trading to your full capacity? Are the same old ways of recruiting just not working? Are your recruitment costs escalating? Are you finding careers fairs and job boards less effective? Are you really targeting the people that you want? You can with Hospitality Rising. Hospitality Rising is a modern and relevant way to make hospitality a true career of choice. We've delivered over 55,000 real applications and over 10 million TikTok views in just 12 weeks. Join the revolution, let's stand together and rise up together to grab the talent we all deserve. And with six month packages available from just five pounds per employee, the real question is, why have you not invested in the future of hospitality? For more information and to invest, just email hello at hospitalityrising.org. That's hello at hospitalityrising.org. I'm Mark McCulloch, the founder of Hospitality Rising. Thanks for listening. Supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Hey there, my name is Paul Barron. I'm the founder of I Am Donna. We are the restaurant chain on a mission to revolutionize the kebab. In 2016, we opened our first site in Leeds with massive ambitions to go global. But first, we needed a change. Being a chef, I've always been a bit skeptical about being pushed down the technological route. But what it's done for labor and customer service has completely changed the game for us. We partnered with Vita Mojo to introduce their all-in-one restaurant platform. We now take 100% of our orders digitally through kiosks, click and collect, and delivery channels. We've waved goodbye to the manual processing of delivery orders as we now have all our delivery partners integrated through Vita Mojo. We only need to do one menu push when updating menus across all platforms. Orders from all channels come into one screen in the kitchen, making the operation faster and more efficient. The throughput is four times faster, and we've seen a 35% increase in ATV. Our partnership with Vita Mojo has transformed I am Donna. It's a massive part of our revolution. Find out more at vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. I'm about to reveal hospitality's best kept secret. HDI are a mind-blowing hospitality data insight provider working with over 50 different businesses from pubs and bars to casual dining, QSR and coffee. Since 2017, they've led the way creating incredible insights from debit and credit card spending. If you want to know the customer profile and performance of every site on your street, which brands are performing best or where else your customers go, give HDI a shout. For mind-blowing hospitality data insights based on real credit card and debit card data, contact hello at hdinsights.com. That's hello at hdinsights.com. Hello and a warm, chilly but sunny welcome from the city centre of Brighton and Hove. 
And I've just fresh came back from an amazing night last night, which was the launch of the Brighton Fringe. So we saw three acts and it really was quite fun to just go out and experience another industry and their launch and how they do things. And being in the world of theatre, it's obviously all about people and connections with people. So the first act was uh, a person who was, I'm not sure how they identify, but dressed up as a schoolboy with their hand up, a ventriloquist dummy, which was this kind of really evil stroke, very sexually orientated, quite horny old witch, um, which was quite fun. And also just incredible to see the talent of this person being able to throw their own voice uh, through the puppet and also some extra puppets and do things at the same time. Uh, but just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable and just really made you feel sort of warm and happy inside. And then at the end, there was, a, you know, a really sort of big curvy guy in a jumpsuit singing the hits of Beyonce, Spice Girls and all sorts of different things. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, get yourself down to Brighton on the 4th of May for the month and the Fringe is on where you're going to see acts for next to nothing that will all be the next big thing. So very, very exciting. So that was good. I felt quite smug because I'm off the booze and had some AF stuff. So I had the Astrea. Uh, there was no lucky scene there that night. So I had uh, Astrea and it was very nice and I didn't feel like I was missing out and woke up today nice and bright and breezy. So talking about people and connections and warmth, that's today's subject. So I'm... Um, absolutely honoured that for the next hour and a bit I'm going to be sharing some time and some airspace with just one of probably my top 10 humans in terms of working with them, showing their caring side, always being there for people, always supporting the right people and supporting people in the right way too. There's just some people that you meet in life that you realise that their heart is bigger than the sun and radiates even more than the sun does in terms of warmth, compassion, understanding. And that is exactly the description for the outgoing Chief People Officer of pret who is Andrea Wareham. And Andrea and I worked together briefly uh, when I was at Pret, but any time that I came into her contact, I just felt so inspired and empowered and just what a great leader and just such an amazing way about her in terms of handling people, working with people, motivating them, developing them. And what a job to look after one of the most precious brands in hospitality and one of the most precious workforces in hospitality across the globe. And obviously, we're going to be touching on Pret, what makes it tick, how do they get it so right, what about the Pret Academy, the foundation, how they support colleagues that are in or recently released from prison, what's the recruitment process, and also some wider subjects around getting the organisation balanced in terms of personalities, Pret success stories, and also this bigger thought of, I mean, is recruitment just broken? Certainly in hospitality, why are we not getting the share of people that we would like? So anyway, here we go. I'll see you at the end of the episode. 
So it gives me the most people power pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is Andrea Wareham, the outgoing, sadly, Chief People Officer of Pret Amonji. Hello. Hello, Mark. Thank you very much for that fantastic uh, <laughs> intro. No problem. No problem. It's so nice to see you properly. We're always kind of fleeting, fleeting yeah. little messages and, and this and that. And we didn't get enough time together, you know, when, when I was over at Pret. So um, yeah. But yeah, so it was um it was it was a lovely, lovely experience and always enjoyed my time with you and David and the the HR team. So yeah, it was it was always good. It was always good. So what's happening with you right now? What's going on? Well, it's it's a really bittersweet time for me actually, as I'm leaving Pret this month after uh, 23 years. I I feel very old when I say that, but 23 years and you know what, it's been the, the most wonderful opportunity to be part of you know the growth of a business from about 70 shops in the UK when I first joined to around 550 shops in 13 countries now and you know it's been a tremendously rewarding journey and you know of course I'm going to miss the business and the teams but I'm also super excited about the next phase in my life which is focused on really sharing those experiences that I've had via non-exec and mentoring roles. So, uh, yeah, very excited about the next uh, foreseeable future. Well, I I think that's the whole thing is that, you know, even with my short stint there, I still talk about pretty much every day and people want to know. They're like, what, how did he do it? What's the magic? How did, you know, and, and people are just so curious about, you know, what goes on. And I think they can't believe that it genuinely is as lovely a business on the inside as you actually would hope as a customer on the outside, you know, which is quite rare. Well, I remember when I think it was Harvard Business School. This was a while ago now, but I'm sure the same would be true today that they came and spent a week with us because they were creating a case study for, for one of the sessions. And they spent about three days interviewing all the sort of exec team and various people in the office. And we told them what we thought about Pret and everything. And then they spent a couple of days actually working in the shops. And I went to meet them for a drink at the end of the week. And I said, what surprised you the most? And they said, you know what surprised the most? Everything we heard in the office, we took with a pinch of salt. We were like, yeah, yeah, right. But when we went into the shops and talked to people in the shops, they said exactly the same thing. And they said, you know, the consistency through the business is, is you know, is, is quite rare to find. So, you know, that that was nice to hear, especially as it was them saying it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of clever people, you know, um, it doesn't get yeah. better than Harvard. And well, just pulling on that thread then, um, you know, while, while we're there, how, how, does it work? How was it possible? Because as I say, I get asked all the time, you know, how did they find the right people? How did, and I was like, I don't think I can tell you, you know, I was there for a year (laughs) and it's not like, I think people expect it to be one thing or two things. And I I, I can't sum it up, but I'm sure you can. Well, um, you've hit the nail on the head. It is definitely not one thing. It's probably about 20 things Mm. that go into the mix. And and what I would say in summary, you know, we were really fortunate at Pret that when Julia Metcalf and Sinclair Beecham set Pret up, they absolutely set it up from day one with some absolutely wonderful attributes, particularly around people. They knew that happy teams equaled happy customers. I mean, they just got that. So, you know, right from day one, they trained people well, they wanted to give people opportunity. Um, you know, they, they, they had, you know, it was just really, really, they had lots of fun and reward and recognition. And 
And really, it's been our job over the last years to really understand what are those key things that are really important and to protect them as PrEP grows. Because as companies grow and they become more complex and bigger, it can be hard to hang on to those things that sometimes people think are only possible in small businesses. So I think that's what we've done. There are many examples of, uh, of that. But then, of course, you know, so, so you've almost got to curate that and really understand it. And even as you grow internationally, you go, right, what, what are the things, what are the, what are the, you know, eight or 10 things that are absolutely core to this culture that should take, you know, happen in every market that you're in? Now, of course, on top of that, there's loads of local adaptation because not everything works everywhere. Um, but say, for example, I'll give you, give you an example, and this is just a small one. But when we went to Shanghai, I remember everybody there said to us, in Shanghai, you give people six month contracts. You don't do permanent contracts because people leave and, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. And that's what you should do. That is what is good here. And we said, no, at PrEP, we want to give people permanent contracts because we want people to stay and grow. And they said, well, it just won't work for you. But we we did because we wanted to show um, our new employees that, you know, we wanted them to stay. And you know what? Our Shanghai teams had the lowest retention and the highest engagement of all of our markets. So it just goes to show there's some things that you just know are right yeah. and you need to make sure that you, you do those things all the time and everywhere. Yeah. And just quickly then as a snapshot, so you started at 70 shops, did you say? Yeah, it was about 70 shops back then in the year 2000. And then now, how many? Seven? About 550, 580, I think. I lost yeah. track, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, in 13 countries and you know opening some new ones this year um india coming soon which is very exciting wow yeah that that'll be really exciting for menu development and you know and, and, yeah. and all that type of thing as well so just going back then so when you joined what did you find so you turned up and um you know sinclair and and, and julian doing the things and i never got to meet sinclair but i had uh, a few meetings with julian and that was definitely a, a, a quite an amazing experience um, so yeah, what what did you find when you turned up? I found a company and a set of people who were so passionate about what they were doing and this obsession with delicious food, quality ingredients, and serving each customer with you know in an engaging way with, with care, and it was just this absolute passion in everyone and also everyone was just really decent and approachable there was sort of no hierarchy anybody could talk to everybody at the same time it made it completely chaotic yeah. um <laughs> it was a bit like being in a rave you know everybody was jumping around <laughs> and doing their thing but you know sort of jumping to the same rhythm most of the time yeah, yeah. um whereas now pret is more like a sort of line dance you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bit yeah, more yeah. structured but yeah so but it was just this passion and it was very exciting um and the reason I joined was I was working in a in, in another company at the time and wasn't I was a bit bored in my role to be honest but I used to go to prep a couple of uh, mornings a week and get a cup of tea and a and a croissant and I used to go and, and you know they sort of started to know me whatever I went one day and I ordered my thing and they put it on the counter and there was a long queue behind me 
And I looked in my per- my wallet and I'd forgotten my purse. And, you know, it's that horrendous yeah. like, like moment where you think, oh, no, how embarrassing. <laughs> so I sort of said, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. And the manager just went, absolutely have it on us. Have a great day. Right. And they saved me, you know, and I felt so thankful and so good. And I went the next day and gave them the money. They said, absolutely not. You know, please have it on us. And the style in which that was done yeah. and the grace in which it was done stuck with me. And when the opportunity came up in Pret, I just thought, I want to work somewhere that makes their customers feel like that. Mm. And also empowers their teams to be able to do that. Exactly. You know? The manager just, just absolutely made that decision in the split second. There was no form filling. There was no making me feel bad. Yeah. It, it, it was it was brilliant. Well, it, it's so funny you say that. I mean, and, and the fact they were doing that even back then. So yeah. when I arrived, um, I think the, the sort of almost like the joy of Pret had been a little bit more formalised, um, yeah. where there was the giving away of coffees and whatnot. But anyway, just a very quick nice story was I was working in one of the, the Mil- I was working in one of the Milton Keynes shops as my mm-hmm. buddy day. Um so I went and did that and the team were just fantastic. And obviously and, you know I mean obviously you got that budget every day to then you know give stuff away. And um a young lady came in who was a student, same thing happened. She bought a lunch, I think it was about 16 pounds maybe all the stuff she got and um I was able to just go, and she was almost in tears. I mean, I think she was in tears. And I just said, it's fine, it's on me. And she was just like, what, like, what, what, you know? And the joy that you felt in your heart by being able to do that was just, you can't explain how lovely a thing it was to to have that connection with someone and make their day. Yeah, and it's this empowerment of the shops and a total trust in the shop managers. You know, they run those businesses. They do the ordering, you know, the forecasting, the rotor setting, um, you know, the production setting, everything. They are responsible for for that business and they can make those decisions. You know, we, we cut out all the sort of, you know, t- double check here and, you know, make sure you get authorization. And and that that really works. And we call it freedom to operate. Mm. And, you know, the managers, even this week, the managers, some of the managers were saying to us, oh, you know, we have to check on this and we don't, don't really like it. Please, can we have more freedom to operate? So they're constantly, you know, keeping us in check if we try yeah. and uh, put in too many controls. So I think it really works because then, they're, you know, brilliantly, fantastically proud of their business and feel like business owners. And definitely, as you see, it feels like an upside down organisation in the right way, which is the, you know, HQ, whatever you call it, truly is the support centre. You're you're there for them. End of story, you know, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we've always called it support centre, you know, it's never been a HQ or anything. Oh. And we also have a, a saying, which is shops first. Mm. And that is, you know, everything we think about, every policy, every process, every new activity, we have to think about how will this land in the shop? How is this going to impact the team and their ability to serve customers? And, you know, because there's a whole ton of stuff sometimes we'd love to do, you know, the latest this or that, and isn't this the best idea? But if it doesn't land in shops, well, there's just no point in doing it, to be honest. Yeah. Um so yeah, shop shops first is very important at Pret. So you got a free sandwich as your first uh, sort of introduction, and in, in a way, um, was so grateful. You then joined the company. Obviously, yeah. you know you'd hopefully get paid as well when you joined. So once you got the job and you got in there, 
I mean, what was the role? And at that time, what were the big set of priorities for you? Yeah, I mean, at that time, listen, there was about four or five of us in, in the people team. It was quite small. I was a HR business partner. It probably wasn't called that at the time, but that's what you call it now. Mm. And it was all about supporting the shops. So, you know, with all their people issues, welfare, employee relations, a lot of manpower planning, you know, moving people around and um, promoting people, putting in place policies that we didn't have. You know, it was all about putting in the in in the framework really, which which is which was great and sort of stood the test of time. Um, so that's what it was like then. And then after that, I became the head of training, which was brilliant because what we did then is we literally stripped back all of our training and we almost started from scratch and we rebuilt the the training from team member to to area manager. I think it was literally chunk by chunk because I think what's really important about that is you have to absolutely know that everything that person is required to do in their job you're training them in how to do that and you're giving them the skills and the knowledge because at at press I'm sure we'll come and talk about this but we recruit against behaviors this is at team member level so we don't need you to be experienced we don't need you to be have made a sandwich before or whatever we can train all that because we say that we have to make sure the training is really thorough. So literally, you know, from team member upwards, we have to make sure we can give all the skills and all the knowledge in the right way um, to, to everybody going through training. So we rebuilt that, which was which was great. And we also introduced the prep behaviors at that point. Gosh, I'm talking probably about 2005 at this point. And we just sort of did this piece of work which said, who are best people in prep? You know, who are the ones that sort of really stand out and what is it about them that is so brilliant? And we sort of use that to create a set of these behaviours that that we have, we now we, we recruit against, you know, we, we give feedback against, we appraise against, et cetera. And that's been enormously helpful as well. And these are some of the things I was talking about earlier that you sort of bottle and then you make sure that they, you know, they, they, they get refreshed to make mm. sure they're still modern and relevant, but they're there and they're very strong and very powerful uh, to help retain your culture. Yeah. And can you talk about any of those behaviours? Is that a bit top secret? Oh, yeah. No, no. Gosh, no. We we share this, you know, um, every company has got to find the ones that are right for them. You know, it's not mm. a set you pull off the, the the bookshelf you know you've got to internally create these depending on what's important to you mm-hmm. and the kind of company that you have but we have four that are key for everyone so whether you're the newest team member or your pano our ceo and that's passion which is self-explanatory but all about you know pr- pride and drive um clear communication again very self-explanatory Great execution. You know, we're a retail business. We need high standards and, and focus on detail and team working. It's, it's, it's a team effort. So those are the four we look for. Those are what we recruit against at team member level. As you become more senior, become a manager, there are a few more that are added on. The one that I really love is our leadership one, and it's called Thoughtful Leadership. And it's called thoughtful leadership because, you know, leading is about vision and strategy and people following you, which is your real sort of head stuff. But at PrEP, what works really well is if you also lead with your heart. So caring about the people that work for you and others, having empathy and listening is equally as important as the head stuff. So 
you know, I, I say to people, it's not easy being a senior leader or a leader at prep because we need you to be both those things. Yeah. Um, being just one of those things isn't really going to make you great. Yeah, it's not going to fly. Um, and then in terms of finding the right people, you know, like yeah. a lot of the time, you know, I get contacted, especially since doing Hospitality Rising, there's a few companies that have got in touch and said, we get applications, but we don't get quality of application. So yeah. it's really, you know, if you name who's got the best customer service out there in terms of, you know, shops and things, kind of Pret and Apple are the two that people will jump to straight away. So how do you find the right people and identify them to then work with that raw material to, to, to take them where they need to go? Well, I mean, at a shop level, we are really fortunate at Pret in that we've always had a lot of applications um, and that has always been the case, actually. So, so it's not necessarily about us going to have to find individuals. We are lucky that people come to us. And the reason they do that is, as you've explained, we're, you know, we're well known for customer service and, you know, we, I, I'd like to think that we are known for having a relatively a, a good employee experience you know people know that we pay decently um treated with respect and you have the opportunity to grow and I think that's really attracts a lot of people to us because you know we try and share in our sort of social uh communication etc that you know you can join as a team member as long as you've got those four behaviors we talked about earlier and then you can become anybody you want to be. We've got so many success stories. 90% of our shop managers started as team members. You know, we've got our director of operations that started as a team member. When he joined us, his job before us was he was a cleaner in a hotel, mm. you know, which was a great, great grounding. But, you know, so it, it's it's those things, really. So it's more the employer brand, really, that that helps attract good quality candidates so start from the inside build up your employer brand be a good employer and then hopefully the quality of um those applications will improve yeah and then talking about success stories um you know you've, you've mentioned them already um the great panel um so uh, i had the pleasure of working with panel when when, when i was there i think you I think he's maybe like an ops, ops director, maybe, or something like that. Um, when I was there, and uh, yeah, got on famously with her, I thought he was just absolutely fabulous. And the most interesting thing that we talked about, and I did a podcast with Panel actually, and he had said, or it came up with a conversation that Pret wouldn't have taken someone that hadn't came through the ranks. You know, and in and, and that way, it just... It's almost like the best football clubs in the world are the ones that people, you know, just know the prep way. Whereas you hiring someone from, I don't know, Facebook to just plonk them yeah. in at the top, like just wouldn't have worked, you know? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, Pano joined, I interviewed him 22 years ago. Oh, wow. I still remember interviewing him and he joined us. Um, he was assistant manager at McDonald's before. And, um, you know, he's, he's had a really successful career, hard worker, growth mindset, just gone up the ranks. It's brilliant. So, so fantastic. I remember when Clive, our previous CEO, was was retiring 
And, uh, you know, luckily we knew, we knew that was happening. So we had time to think about it and talking about, you know, who the successors should be. And, you know, we sat down with our shareholders and said, look, you know, we can go externally. There's a lot of very experienced CEOs out there, you know, um, or we've got, you know, these, these people internally. And what was brilliant was our shareholders really understood the value of someone who understands our operations and our culture mm. and um, can relate to our people really well. So it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. But, yeah, um, yeah and never look back. I mean, I think it's huge. And it was, what, 19 years from AM to Global CEO, something like that? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. just incredible. I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, um, it just goes to show it can be done. If you've got the right behaviours and the right work ethic and you're flexible and just grab the opportunities as they arise. Yeah. And then just thinking about uh, that rise and then how you support people through, um, what's the sort of uh, employee journey then, um, you know, in terms of training and development and, you know, how do you go from shop uh, team, uh, you know, member in the shop to then, my favourite position was always barista. So how do you get to be the rock star barista? Um, in the kitchen was it like a rave, like you were saying. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so how, how do you manage to kind of go through that and then make the leap, um, you know, further up the ladder? So it goes back to, you know, having this really structured training um, with a lot of details. So um, a lot of work has to be put into that. So, you know, and again, it goes back to Julian Sinclair in the really early days. And, and they believed, and it's absolutely true today, that... You can't, it's best not just to have a team member job and then a manager job. What you want is a career path and people can then go up the career path, maybe four, you know, four levels in the shop. And, you know, every time they've done one, they can work towards the next through a particular training program, get through the training program, get a pay rise, then they're in the next job. And this is what keeps people motivated mm. and feel like they're, they're progressing because they are. So we have a team member job. You know, you join, you have 12 weeks of training just for the team member job. You graduate from that. You start to earn our mystery shopper bonus at that point. So you're getting a bit extra money, which is brilliant. And then you have a choice after that. You can become your superpower barista, yep. as, as you said. Um, or you can become a trainer in the shop responsible for training new people. Or you can become a hot chef responsible for all the hot food. And for each of those you have a 12-week training program that's a mix of obviously online and on the job and, and workshops and things. You graduate at the end of the 12 months, your manager will sign you off or not. Mm. So your manager, that what's key to that is your manager has to graduate you. So your manager is taking ownership and saying, this person has all the skills and the knowledge and the behaviours to do this job. And we find that very powerful as well, because then they own the, the success of that person or, or, or otherwise. So so you do your 12 week training, you graduate, you go up to the next level, you get your pay rise. And then after that, you become a leader. And then after that, an assistant manager, general manager, area manager, et cetera. And all the time people, you know, if we have opportunities in the support center, we advertise those internally, as most companies would. And a lot of people join from the shops into the support center, yeah. which is brilliant as well. Because in the yeah. support center, it's really nice to have that mix of people who've come from shops you know, often you need specialist experience as well that you bring mm. from outside, but having the right mix is, is really good. Definitely. And I think you're right. I mean, I think the people that 
I came across that had worked in the shops, but then were in the support centre. I mean, they kept you right. And and back yeah. to that shops first thing was it, it was shops first, then you apply that other thought. And it's like, yeah, you can have that whiz bangy idea for that poster, you know, mister, but actually it's just not practical and it's just not going to work. So, you know, and here's why, you know, and, and, and that was just really refreshing, you know, to, to, to go down that way, you know. Yeah, last year I had a, um, a general manager join my team. Um, she joined us to run our Ukrainian employment programme, actually. Mm. And she, uh, what I love about prep people is they're not shy and they will tell you if things aren't right, which is can be challenging and tough to take, but brilliant because obviously yeah. it's 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 really important that we know. And, and she's in the team and you know, she'd say to me, Andrea, it's not right. And this is how the managers feel. And this is what we need to do. And it was really refreshing because, yeah. you know, how, how, it, it, especially with a company of 12,000 employees, how, how do you know that otherwise? So um, getting that feedback is, is, is key. Hi everyone, I'm Lucy, Head of Sales at Airship and Toggle. We may have met before at one of the many hospitality events we sponsor. Well, we have now partnered with the legend himself, Mark McCulloch, to support the Supersonic Hospitality Marketing Podcast that delivers on inspiring and thought-provoking topics for our sector. In case you don't know, Airship is a hospitality-focused tech company that's supporting operators in building a better understanding of their customers' visiting habits, which in turn helps them target, personalise and automate the marketing in our CRM platform. And Toggle, which is our gift card platform and an excellent stream of revenue through prepaid gift cards, experiences, tickets and even merchandise. Our model is a little bit different to most. Our platforms are a predictable fixed monthly rate, so no surprise invoices. And our current budget proof campaign, you can get four months half price, which ends on the 31st of March. So you can learn more on our websites at airship.co.uk or use toggle.com or just simply drop me a message on lucy at airship.co.uk. Have a great day. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. On the reward and recognition side, you touched on that with, with mystery shopper bonuses and things. You do some real fun stuff. So there, there, well, there used to be, I don't know if it's still now, but there was like Tiffany stars and these types of things. Like what, what goes on now in terms of reward and recognition? Yeah, so first of all, what I'd say is we're lucky that we have a very understanding CFO because um, <laughs> that is key. I mean, people underestimate you know, you've got to invest in culture and engagement. You can't just go around telling people to smile. You know, you've got this. Is, this is an investment. So, you know, we're very fortunate at Prep that we believe and we understand the importance of investing in that area. So, what do we do? We have bonus schemes from team member upwards that are, are very powerful. In our shop managers, we have top shops every quarter. The top ten um, percent of shops will double, sometimes triple their bonus. So, you know, this is really good money now we're talking about which they absolutely deserve for, the, mm. for their hard work we have great parties so summer parties is, is always good fun 
and we have um, call them quarter briefs that that where they're where we bring all the support centre and all the shop managers together. So that's about a thousand people for the, for the day, and you know we do about an hour, an hour and a half of presentations, and then the rest of the day is reward and recognition, prizes, fun stuff. You know, let's just feel good about what we are achieving and the way ahead. And honestly, the feeling that that generates, it lasts months yeah. um, it's brilliant. We have in sort of in the moment stuff, so we have wow cards. So mm -hmm. if you're an area manager or, or a leader, you get a set of uh, wow cards each month. And when you're in shops, you can you give them out to somebody that's given you amazing service. It's like a scratch card, and they get a range of prizes, monetary prizes. Um, yeah, tons of stuff like that. I think you know you've got to have a range in your reward of the big. You know, you've got your bonus stuff and your bigger stuff, but at the other end, you need this sort of catching people doing things right in the moment. Yeah. Um, set of set of things to do, uh, ways to re recognize people as well. And I always remember as well. Um, you had a couple of superstars, and I can't remember the name. I should do, but they had like meeting rooms named after. Like you got a meeting room named after you if, if like you'd been yeah, there for that, a while. That, like, that was, was when you reached like twenty years. You got yeah. a meeting room <laughs> named after you. But then we um we we ran out of meeting rooms, Mark. So <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. So no, we we don't do that anymore. But yeah, we used to do some stuff like that, you know. And then sometimes you have to change that out if it doesn't work so well. But we do. Um, what we do now is we used to give people um, like these Tiffany stars and things for five to ten, fifteen years service, etc. But now we give people extra time off mm. because in today's world, I think that's what people need. You know, it's yeah. so hectic, it's so crazy, and so for example five years you get an extra week's paid off 10 years wow. extra two weeks paid things i mean th th this is key these days you know yeah. people need the balance to the hectic lives they live and also just thinking about that i remember the generosity of what you got as well as an employee where you got like your lunch you got to try new things you yeah. had like crazy good coffee machines and i mean is all that still going on and yeah know? yeah of course yeah definitely you know of you know free lunch 50 percent discount mm -hmm. for you and up to you know five friends you know so to be fair if you were a student mm -hmm. and you were you know you at uni or wherever and you got a saturday job in prep you get your lunch that day for free. You get all the coffee you wanted for free that day. But then any other time, you could get fifty percent off for you and you'd be the most popular person <laughs> at university, wouldn't you? <laughs> you could probably mark so, it up slightly, yeah. <laughs> I'll take yeah. the full money. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, lots of really good good things. And you know, it's very tempting to try and reduce these things over time because you know it's it's you know always you're you know trying to um make you know you make sure that you can afford these things and, and life becomes challenging but you know Pret has been very good at understanding the importance of these things I mean we do change things now and then but on the whole honestly it's 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 a great offer yeah no fabulous so just thinking about um some of the nice things as well you, you've sort of touched on as well so the Ukrainian um, program you've just mentioned and then Pre Academy, the foundation supporting colleagues um, you know that are in or, or just being released from prison, all that stuff you know it would be lovely to talk about all that. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been very fortunate in my job at Pratt. I've been the chief people officer, but I've also led the Pratt Foundation for the last few years, and I'm a trustee of the foundation too. So the foundation is this wonderful thing, again, set up many years ago, but, but you know, protected and, and strengthened. So what the foundation does, its purpose is to alleviate homelessness, um, homelessness uh, in whatever way it can. So it raises funds. What PrEP does is it gives, you know, 10p off every soup sold and, and money from the Christmas sandwiches sold. So it generates a lot of money for the PrEP Foundation from directly from PrEP through products being sold. And then our customers are amazing and they can give in, in, in our shops so they can put coins in the box but who has coins these days and how we're putting in these contactless uh, donation terminals Um, and then we do a few other things for fundraising as well so about every year we're raising about 1.5 million for the Prep Foundation and then we do three things with that the first thing is we donate our food at the end of every day to uh, homeless shelters so our target is to make sure that you know at least 90 percent of our food goes to homeless shelters um which is which is which is great so um that's a big job in itself you're trying to get you know if you've got 550 shops and this is globally by the way they all finish at different times and you've got to make sure the food is collected and taken to where it needs to go and um, but that's something that we we do. We put a resource behind that and make sure that happens. And then we have our wonderful employment program, which is called the Rising Stars. But to date, we've done at least, it must be over this number now, 550 um, jobs we've provided to those who you know, are uh, homeless. And we have a specific program that provides the support they need. So, you know, they, they're, they're working in a prep shop, but with a manager who we know will look after them you know they're paid the same as everybody else in that shop there's there's no 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 change there we provide them with costs for their travel for their uniform we give them weekly counseling and a ma- an employment manager that looks after them and checks in on them and, and helps them so that's re- really fantastic this year we have a target to offer a hundred homeless people a job at Pret and and our KPI for that is at least 80% of them need to be successful i.e they get a permanent job after three months at Pret so this is not just about giving a few weeks of work experience which in itself would be a good thing don't get me wrong that's better than nothing but you know we, we expect a high success rate of people that then stay with us permanently or we're very happy if they go on to do something else permanently as well um you know maybe in a in a different kind of industry but that's wonderful and then when the ukraine thing happened a year ago we sat there and we went god you know these poor um people that are coming to the uk and you know it's it's really tough and what can we do to help them so you know prep gave money to the fundraising and then we thought we can do more than that so we took the the homeless program and we adapted it for the Ukrainian refugees because they didn't need quite the same things but they needed other things so again we paid for travel we you know provided a job with a caring manager Uh, we provided counseling but we also provided English language tuition and we also provided some vouchers to help them set up get stuff that they might need for for wherever they were living so that that was the program one of our ukrainian managers from shops was seconded in she ran the program and we we um translated everything into ukrainian and 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 helped people sort of apply 
and honestly it just took off I mean we just didn't really know we, we had funding for 50 people at first and when we got to 50 we were like this is we know we're making a difference here so last year we offered 250 people a place on the program and and honestly it's it's been brilliant um i mean the photos when i saw them on linkedin they were just ready and off the page like the happiness and how proud the people in the photo looked and and i just and and do you know sometimes we pray you just go that's such a proud thing to do as well. Like, you know, not being self-congratulated. It's just such an obvious thing that prep would do, just share that kindness, you know? Yeah, and, you know, we we. but the thing is, you just know what you can do. And we know we yeah. can train people and we know we can give people a good job. So it just sort of made sense to us. And yeah. they've been brilliant employees. So, you know, it's benefited us as well. Don't get me wrong. This is, yeah. You know, it's it's been a win-win situation. And, yeah, I mean, you do what you can, can't you? And it's been it's been... One of the best things we've ever done, to be honest. Yeah. And did I see with the foundation, you've got a Pret House? Uh -huh. We used to have a Pret House. Ah. We had a Pret House for a couple of years. So we sort of went into partnership with a, with a charity. We did up some accommodation that they had and we had a Pret House. Because what we, what we believed at the time was, you know, I said 80% of people on our employment program are successful um, uh -huh. to get a permanent job. The 20% that aren't, we were like, well, why aren't they successful? How can we increase that? And, you know, it's really tough. If you're, if you're sleeping in shelters, don't get great sleep. So to turn up every day to work and be on top, you know, it's just impossible. So, you know, what people needed was a home. So we set up the Pret House, we put some funding behind that. And it was fine for a while, but in reality not that many people actually needed it, which is a good thing because yeah. the shelters were doing such a good job at getting them into temporary accommodation. Mm. And then it was taking quite a lot of our resource and money when we could spend that on offering more jobs to people. So, you know, you, you have to use your money on, on, on what makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. And then what, and, and also, I guess for some companies, it would be a, no no or a taboo subject or they, they feel uncomfortable with it but the programs and links that you have also with local prisons doing yeah. peer release and um you know and, and helping colleagues re rehabilitate and things like that yeah it'd be interesting just to know a little bit about that as well you know i think a lot of people just don't realize because that's the thing about it never doesn't really shout too loudly about all the great things it does and, and that's again in its own way a very pretty thing to be like just be humble um, yeah, it's because we don't do these things for marketing purposes. No. Um, we do them because they fit with our business model and they're the right thing to do and, and we can do them, you know. So um, people often say, oh, we never knew you should you should say, but it mm -hmm. doesn't really come naturally to us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, funny, it's funny you'd say that phrase because I remember we, had, you know, as a, as a leadership team, had a kind of uh, steering principle which we talked about uh, when, when I was there and it was doing the right thing naturally. We used to talk about quite a lot. Yeah. And that just fits, you know, bang and centre into that. You just, just, why would you say just do good stuff and people will know, people will, you know, they'll just, they'll feel it rather than having to tell them, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so, so you know, we, we do through the Rising Star programme, I mentioned we do go into prisons and we share you know, the story of a prep job and, you know, offer, you know, in, and we interview interested people. And then, you know, we've had some wonderful people joining us um, on, you know, either on a daily basis and, you know, join us after and some wonderful success stories there too of, you know, how lives are 
transforms. It's about giving people hope, to be honest, and almost like a new family to join and an acceptance. Um, yeah, we've got we we do have some wonderful people. Yeah, no, and lucky enough to meet a few of them as well. Real, and I think some uh, one particular person was actually being released like while I was there and we had like a huge celebration and it was just you know it's a lovely lovely moment and unexpected you know um so that yeah. that was really and we, we all we all know the statistics on the sort of reoffending rates mm. if somebody has or hasn't got a job so again you know it's it's a win win-win situation really so urban myth stuff then getting into you know a re- recruitment process and being hired is it true that someone wouldn't get a job based on what the team thought of them when they did their shift? It is true, definitely. Mm. So once the manager has met them, they have to spend um, a couple of hours with the team on a sort of trial interview. And, you know, it's it's structured so that, you know, they will spend time with a range of different people. They don't have to do any work, obviously, they're not employed yet, but they're just spending time, you know, observing and um, spending time with, with, with several people in the team. And then when that person's finished, the team will vote against the prep behaviours I mentioned earlier. So there's, there is some criteria there. Um, on whether that person should get the job or not. And that is so important because then, you know, if I voted for you to join, then when you join, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I made the right decision and yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to look after you. So there's a, it becomes an ownership thing, mm-hmm. um, which is really important. So we we find that very powerful. And that works right throughout the company as well, or is it just team member? It's, it's, just team member, really, at the moment. I mean, our shop managers, when they join, will spend time in shops as well. But mm. for the, it's more about when the team members join, the team that they're going into should vote for them as yeah. a new member of their team. And at the end of the day, the team members know what it's like, you know, what it takes to do that job. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I sort of know, but, you know, I don't know yeah, compared yeah, yeah. to them. Yeah. And, well, and just on that point, what, I always think about one of the adverts um, or, you know, one of the, the, the little posters that, that James would have done, which is the building blocks of butter. You know, it's kind of like Stonehenge, <laughs> you know, and it talks about, you know, our bakers get up at, you know, whatever time. And, you know, what what is this, uh, the, the day in the life of, of, of the person at Pret? You know, what, what does it sort of look like? Because it's super early starts. You've It's almost like being a breakfast show DJ in a way. You know, you're there to hype up. <laughs> The people who are coming yeah. be eyed to you, and so it's kind of like who watches the watchmen. You know how how did they get hyped to then you know and give that across? And then what what does the day sort of look like? You know the the things that we don't see. Well, yeah, because you know breakfast is a big part of our business. There are many many team members that are starting. I mean, the majority of team members would start at six thirty or seven. So not earlier than that, because, of course, the, the, the sandwiches and baguettes and salads are all being made fresh that that morning. So, you know, they've got to be in early and there are strict rules, you know, um, rules around, you know, how many products need to be out by certain times. So it's really full on in the morning. But the teams come in 637 o'clock, you know, in the kitchen, making the food, setting up the front of house. But then don't forget that person will probably leave about 2, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Mm. And that does suit quite a lot of people, yeah. you know, especially if you want to pick kids up from school or you're studying or a student, et cetera. 
Um, you know, there are some people that need to come in earlier than that. You know, 5 a.m. is our earliest start. Um, but then you get paid extra for that. So we, find, you know, we, 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 we reward extra for that because we recognise that's a bit antisocial. Okay, but but much, we have yeah. some night shifts as well. You know, some of the really bigger shops have some night shifts at airports and things, and, you know, they get extra pay as well. And night shifts suit some people for different reasons, you know, lifestyle reasons or, you know, shifts with their partners or whatever. So, so yeah, so it's, 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 it's the day goes very quickly because it's very busy. We, we, we multi-skill our team. So what you, you're not is you're not just a kitchen person or a front of house person. So everybody can do everything. And that's it. A, it keeps the job more interesting. And also what's really important is at the till, if it gets really busy, the till can, they can ring a bell which sounds in the kitchen and the kitchen team can come out and help front of the house. So it creates this sort of flexibility in the shop and you can get people to work, you know, move around the shop and work, work where it's busy or somebody in the, t in, in the kitchen who was meant to be in the kitchen first thing is not well, then somebody in the, the front of house can, can go back of house. So it, that really helps. And don't forget a lot of people at Brett work part-time. Mm. Um, and so, you know, have a lot of students and part-timers. So, you know, you may be working just a few hours in the morning or in lunchtime um, or Saturdays or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, I think that multi-skill thing's so important. And and as you see, I think it does take out any monotony of just doing one thing. You know, it just keeps your day interesting. It's never boring. There's like so many yeah. things to 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 get excited about. So, you know, and one of the things, you know, I, I think people would say about Pret is that all the colleagues live the brand. Um so, I mean, in terms of employee engagement in the brand, because a lot of my work is I'll do a brand DNA, you know, define yeah. someone's brand. And then the next stage is then doing employee engagement. So you need to go out and, you know, terrible term, but you'd sheep dip everyone or whatever. But, I mean, that's not the right way to think about it. But, you know, you'd, you'd engage with them so that people are immersed in it and they live it and, and all the rest of it. But in terms of that for Pret, is that like an omnipresent thing or... Do you have certain days that you would talk to people more about the brand and what it means? Or is it just by living the behaviours that you live, Pret? You know, how does that work? Yeah, as I said before, it's like this sum of 20 or so different things. It's, you know, it, it, it's, about, it's about the experience you have and how you're formed by it. So, you know, are you and how you're treated, really? Because, mm. you know, people that are treated with respect and well and, you know, trusted to do a good job and pay properly for it and have opportunity they're just they're just going to be great workers for you I mean it's not yeah. brain science is it so yeah, yeah. I think you know it goes back to these things that that we have you know you, you pay people as much as you can afford you have a bonus scheme that's directly linked to customer experience so that's really important you're really clear about the job and you provide training you give people opportunity and allow them to grow and then you treat people with the care and respect that they deserve. And I think what really helps at Pret is, as I mentioned before, so many of our managers started as team members. So they know what it's like to be a team member. They know, you know, the life of, and yeah. they therefore, I mean, the most amazing stories of how our managers look after their teams and help them out and understand when times are tough. And, you know, that, 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 that creates this sort of common atmosphere if you like within within the shop yeah and well i mean i'm just reminded when you're talking there about um you know i think when i was talking to paro um 
we were talking about profit, you know, obviously so many companies are just obsessed about profit and and we pray it never really was a conversation. It was kind of like get everything else right, get the people right, get the the product right, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and the promotion well. And then, yeah, th- that'll just happen. Don't worry about it so much because if you focus there, as you say, you'll start getting the bean counting out and go, well, we'll cut that and we'll do that and we'll do that. And it's almost that way. You, you can never shrink a business to greatness, can you? You know, you've, you've got yeah, to invest, you, you know? You really can't. Now, profit is important. I'm not oh, yeah. saying it's not. You need profit to reinvest and grow your business and be able to pay your people more and so on and so forth. So of course, it's really, really important and we're always focused on it. But we have something called the prep recipe and it's a sort of series of it's just sort of six things lined up and we use it for shop managers because you know when you're a shop manager you're in your shop and there's a hundred things you need to do and you don't know where to start and it can be quite um overwhelming so what we say to our managers and it's not just for our shop managers it goes for everywhere but these are the things in this order that you should focus on because if you focus on these things in this order profits will um, at the end so don't start with profit like you said mark mm. so the first thing is get your right team in place you have no hope running a good shop profitable shop if you haven't got the right team in in in, in place so the right prep people in place in your team your number one focus second thing is delicious food and drink you know of course that's what we're selling that's what our customers want so the standards, you know, uh, the quality, really important. The next amazing service, again, really important that you understand. Then well-loved shops. So, you know, if your shop looking clean and tidy and, you know, nice place for people to walk in or, or sit down in. And only after that should you, those four things, should you can think about growing your sales and then managing your profit. So focus on the first four. The other two should should flow. Nice. Um, so we were talking about uh, organisation earlier on and, and the mix of people and all the rest of it, and it was something I, I wanted to, to get your view on. And there's some wonderful tools out there, uh, and, and one of them that Pret use still, I think, would be Insights. Um, and how, and I just wanted to talk to people about the importance of that balanced organization or sometimes not a balanced organization if you if your brand is a certain way it doesn't have to be a a balanced scorecard um but yeah i just wonder if you were still using it and um you know and 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 just talking about it a bit more about so people can understand how it can be used yeah no definitely so this is insights uh profiling so you you know you end up in one of sort of a mixture of one of the four categories if you like depending on your sort of personality traits but you know we introduced it many years ago and at the time we did it because and this was for all of our shop managers and all of our support center and we still do that and the reason is it of course it anything like this helps you understand yourself a little bit more and it helps you to understand you know where 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 where, how do I naturally come across and and what are the things that don't come naturally to me and that that's fine um and doesn't mean you can't be those things but you just have to recognize you have to maybe work a little bit harder on those things so say for example you know I am not that much of a sunshine yellow person which is you're totally happy out there you know totally sociable person but people wouldn't necessarily know that about me because I just know how to 
style that up in myself you just yeah. sort of learn you know what comes to action and what doesn't so anyway it helps people understand that about themselves so it's always a light bulb moment people love learning about themselves so that's a bit of investment in them but very importantly it was about how to understand individual differences you know at Pret we have 106 different nationalities and everybody is different which is fantastic but that can cause you know problems like oh you know they don't like my sense of humor or you know we don't seem to connect whatever so giving our managers this insight in that you know it's just that people are different and it helps you learn how to connect with people and how to change your style slightly um when when talking to people who are of a, of a different insights profile and it was brilliant um our managers were like now i get it now i understand why you know, when I'm talking to this person or that person before it felt a bit awkward and that, and now I get it. So it's just creates a more accepting workplace, yeah. which is brilliant, especially today when inclusion is, is so important at work. Definitely. And I think it's that old, you know, communication is in the art of the received as well. You know, I think you knowing how to, you know, position someone else, if you can find out what color they are and, you know, and you can, sort of meet them halfway at least if, if not more um I, yeah I think and it so. created a common language it was really funny people would say oh I think I'm um I'm feeling particularly fiery red today and uh-huh. you know <laughs> and, what about you? So I think I'm being quite green today you know it was, uh, yeah. it was funny if you never heard it not knew what they were talking about but um yeah it created a common language and it was it was a fantastic and very usable tool. And we chose Insights because it's relatively simple and straightforward, you know, when you're doing it for hundreds of people and it created this wonderful uh, common language. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's helped, it's helped me every day since, you know, it really, it really does. It really does. So um, I'm just looking at the time and I don't want to take up your entire life. I could speak to you for hours about this. <laughs> um, but maybe if we just have a wee switch and um topic just for a couple of questions then we'll do some fun stuff so I was just going to talk about hospitality wider um so I think you talking about you sharing all of that you know great experience you've had over the last 23 years and more um and you know helping guide others I just think will be just so wanted and, and so valuable um and then you know just looking at that wider hospitality now you're sort of coming out of of, of Pret as well what do you think uh, the current perception of hospitality is and then also how could we maybe look to fix that you know what 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 are you seeing out there I think the current view of hospitality for those who aren't in it are that you know all they see is the sort of shop front or you know all the restaurants and you know if you're out having a nice meal and you see the waiters and, and the waitresses uh, um, you know running around like headless chickens you know 11 o'clock at night do you really want to do that job yeah. you know you watch tv and you see people in the kitchen shouting at each other you know that's the sort of the industry and you know in, in, it was always known as sort of minimum wage etc and it's a bit of a legacy thing there I mean I think things have improved so much in mm. in our industry I mean you just cannot you have to be a good employer now I'm sure people want to be but you just have to be yeah. in order to open your shop your restaurant your hotel and serve your customers you just have to be a good employer so you know I I'm, I talk to people all the time in in the industry and and, and you know people are making huge efforts to make the hospitality a fantastic place to work it's come on so much and it's just a fantastic play i just think hospitality is amazing it's fun it's fast-paced it's diverse which yeah. 
which is brilliant. Um, and, you know, choose the right part of it, but it's, you know, in high growth and it's never a dull moment. So I, I think it's a brilliant um, career choice um, for anybody. And I go and talk to schools about it. And it's interesting because they, you know, honestly, they believe Pret is, is it's all they think is is the shop now the shop's obviously incredibly important mm. but they think sometimes it's one shop and they don't understand yeah. you know how you can start at the shop and then you can go here and you can move and and it's it it's sort of eyes wide open in terms of uh, of the opportunity so you know i think we have i mean hospitality rising has, has been brilliant because it's about bringing us all together to create something really impactful and it's hard to do that as an individual business i mean it's really hard mm. you know the, the, the money required and the creativity required and you know prep does a good job on that but you know i think that's where we have to come together as an industry and go how can we you know shout about hospitality and yeah. um which you've, you've done an amazing job at, Mark. So thank you for that. Oh, um, and we have to share the success stories um, of all the people that have had amazing, wonderful careers um, in, in our industry. So that's what we have to do. And then I think people will understand and people will believe. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good year one. Um, results the other day, 72,500 applications, which isn't bad. Uh, 16 I weeks. Saw. I um, saw. I mean, it's just amazing. It really is. We've had over 700 applications through Hospitality Rising and, you know, and some great hires as a result of it. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, thank you for bringing us all together, well, making it happen. <laughs> no, thanks for investing <laughs> in it. It wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get on track for a year too. But I, I'm starting to stray into this world, you know, which is which is so fascinating. But one of the things I'm... Uh, I'm finding, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on it, is when we talk about millennials and we talk about Gen Z strokes and millennials, which I know they hate being called, um, I think recruitment's broken. You know, it feels like this is 2023 now. We should have hover packs and whatever, um, all the rest <laughs> of it. Uh, yeah, you still have to fill in form after form after form after form to apply when you've got a perfectly good CV digitally up there somewhere that an HR department would look at. Um, and then a couple of examples I saw was, um, it was one of these kind of cheeky viral things, but it was like an ATS, um, you know, the, the, the application system. And it was saying name, job, did it, uh, sorry, name, previous experience and every line just said see my cv see my cv see my cv you know the whole thing and it was just like yeah um and also um i saw a chef getting so irate the other week and uh he posted this thing where you know someone had dared to to email him um and basically it just said in the the subject line have you got any jobs going question mark and there was no email but i was a bit like you're thinking about this in the wrong way. We have to turn the telescope the other yeah. way and we have to embrace the way the new generation live their lives. It's quick messaging. It's 15 second attention span. They're not going to do this. So I just wonder what you were finding out there because obviously you have a huge, you know, uh, population of, uh, of Gen Zers and Gen A's coming along. Yeah, I think what you have to do is simplify your process as much as possible. It's so funny. It's like you go back and you look at your process and you think, why do we ask those 10 questions? Mm. We, they're not even important. These are the five questions that yeah, are. Yeah. And so you have to challenge yourself because you can, ask, you know, of course, you're interested in loads of things, but simplify, simplify, simplify and reduce all barriers to entry. That's what you have to do. Mm. Um 
there's some amazing systems out there you know uh you can do these little um little like TikTok kind of like videos by way of application you know just simple ones you'd have to be creative that you know people prefer to do rather than filling in the long form so there's lots of new stuff out there that I, I think are great but yeah in the first place just simplify remove all barriers get your message across um that's what you need to do yeah don't, don't make it hard for yourself and I think your point earlier was great which is if you've got a if you're known as a great employer brand yeah. you know, you're, you're going to win um and, that, and that's what we're seeing on Hospitality Rising the brands that are more well known, you know, funnily enough, are, are the ones yeah. that are, um, you know, sort of getting the spoils in, in, in a lot of the applications. Um, and then just the last question was well, just more traditional ways of finding people, you know, like job boards and recruitment agencies and things like that. Is that still working or is, is, is that shifting towards more digital realms? I think you know there's a there's a there's a place for everything. It has sh- shifted. Did you, you know TikTok works really well now? Uh, it, it does a lot for us actually, to be honest. Um, so that's a that's a real winner. Um, so social, yes, of course, advertising on social is is where it's at. You know, job boards. You know, things like Indeed are still very uh, useful. Yeah. Um, and agencies, you know, gosh, agencies help you with those really hard to fill. Yeah. Um, specialist roles or where you really don't have an internal team and you need mm. help with all the sifting and the screening because it's a big job especially yeah. if you're making the application process simpler you're going to get more applications so how do you deal with those yeah. and agencies are good too because they they know their stuff and they can really help you look at your process or if you're doing a senior hire of course they can give you advice on sport design structure so it's about knowing what to use for which bits yeah that's great advice and and again back to the it's not one thing you know it's it's uh, yeah it's, it's a it's a bunch of different things i mean just thinking about you know recruitment advertising just a, a quick one i've banged on about this already in another podcast but i went to uh, my media agency and said could you cost up what an ad would cost in love island and uh, it was a hundred and twenty uh, hundred and twenty thousand pounds for 30 seconds yeah, so when you're thinking about where the eyeballs are and, and what you're trying yeah. to achieve and the budgets and you're just going, wow, this is yeah. crazy. Because I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Hospital Rising in every single break and I'm a, I'm a big Love Island fan this series as well, so don't judge me. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I think we'll just go into the, the fun stuff now then um, and I'll, and I'll let you go on and, and, and get on with your life. Um, so... We call this part mark out of 10 because it's a bad pun. But anyway, we don't really mark out of 10. It's more some questions <laughs> just to see what's going on with you. So do you have a favourite city to eat in? Well, I mean, I guess I should say London because London is a fantastic city to eat in. But I, the place that impressed me most over the last several years, and um, to be honest, has been Lima. Have you ever been there, Mark? No, I haven't. Oh my lord! It's got the best restaurants, some of the top restaurants in the in, in the world. But because it's got all these different microclimates in in Peru, the number the, the variety of fruit and vegetables is just unbelievable. They have four thousand varieties of potatoes in Peru. I mean, who knew? Wow! And of course, it's home of the ceviche. So um, yes. it, it, I'd highly recommend it to any foodie if you get to go there. Wow, I'd love to go. I'd love to go. Um, do you know it was when I was growing up? Um, 
I uh, I used to read these Ladybird books that were um, all about the World Cup, and Peru was one of the countries that qualified. So I knew all the the you know population. I knew it was Lima was the capital, you know all that stuff um, back then. So it's always stuck in my mind. But oh, I'd love it. I've never been to South America full stop. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I, I haven't either. And that was my first time and it was brilliant. Oh, God, that's a great recommendation. That's a cracker. I might cancel Tenerife uh, next time. <laughs> um, so uh, have you got a favourite hotel and, and and why? Listen, if money was no object and I won the lottery, I'd mm. go and stay in the Taj hotels in India because, you know, the service, the style and, you know, the splendour that is India is just mm. absolutely amazing. And if you're lucky, there's an Indian wedding happening at the one you're staying in and it's just the you know beautiful sight so wow. yeah well when i win the lottery that's where i'll be off to <laughs> well I'll, I'll i'll keep keep my eyes open on social for those pictures <laughs> um and then favorite well apart from print um so favorite coffee shop why and and what would you have well, I, I just can't say anything except Pret. Oh. I just can't. I mean, how can I? I mean, that would be like a knife in my heart if I just can't even <laughs> utter the words. But in seriously, <laughs> no, like when you look behind the scenes of a food company or drinks mm. company, it could put you off, mm. you know, because maybe it doesn't look quite as good on the inside as on the, on the outside. But at Pret, that is not the case. And, True. you know, I struggle to eat in that many other places for that kind of food than prep because I just know it's really yeah. well made and so favorite so what would the coffee of choice be oh flat white every time skinny flat white skinny perfect flat white. size you know a flat white not yes. too big not too much milk just perfect yeah weighed on the scales um yeah. and then uh and and any other fancy what's your favorite prep things then we should ask you that Oh, do you know what? I just love a smoked salmon sandwich. There is something beautiful in its simplicity. You know, the right amount of butter, the right amount of smoked salmon, plenty of smoked salmon, and just it's just great. And when no one's looking, I like to dunk it in the prep tomato soup, which is a really heathen thing to do, but it's really nice. <laughs> I don't like Clive seed in that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll disown you. Um, okay, a couple of other quick things then. So, favourite bar? Do you know what? favorite bar i just love a local pub you know there's nothing nicer than going to your local pub where it's cozy has a great bar great range of drinks and sitting with a group of friends that's where you really relax um yeah that that's where i that's where i'd go and what's your weapon of choice in that pub what would you have a gin, a gin and tonic definitely i have mm. i do try sometimes to be more adventurous but you know you like you get to the age where you like what you like yep. and um and then a nice glass or two of red wine especially in the winter yeah and what gin would you have what, what oh what? i like hendrix i hendrix. quite like a hendrix and it doesn't give me a headache cucumber in cucumber out um i like cucumber but i tell you what i think is really nice in gin tonic it's a sprig of rosemary yes yeah mm. agreed agreed nice, nice. And a favourite red? Is there any type of red or just any red you just go for? Yeah, I like, a, a, you know, an, an intense, chunky, deep red, really, like, yeah, something really sort of mellow. Mm, nice. Okay. And then last one, is there a favourite restaurant and what would you have there? Well, um, a favourite restaurant locally to me is a, it's a restaurant called Trinity in Clapham Common and yeah. it's just a delight if you go. I mean, it's the way you go for a special occasion but they do a sort of menu, it's different every time. And you probably have a choice of two things, you know, at each course. And I just love that because mm. you just really get what you're given. And every dish is 
just delicious. So that's that's a real treat. Or um, you know what I really like? I love Dishoom. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've been recently, but the, you know, if anybody out there is listening from Dishoom, you're doing a fantastic job, and I think your your staff are brilliant as well. They're really yeah. engaging, and your menu's great. So that's a great place if you want for me. You know, meet meet with some friends, go for lunch. It's Love a winner. That. Yeah, Shama and Calvi will be very pleased, I'm sure, to hear that. So, yeah, I'll let them know. I'll let them know. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. It's been so nice to catch up. Um, yeah, I know likewise. how busy you are. Um, and then, yeah, and then just last thing, what's next? What's going on then? So you, you're leaving in the next few weeks and then, oh, yeah, we, yeah. are we holiday? Are we, 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 yeah, we... yeah, a couple of nice holidays planned, I won't deny. Um Great yeah which which is really good um very exciting things planned and then um as i said look you know talking having lots of interesting conversations about non-exec roles um and i'm involved in a brilliant new startup which is very fantastic it's uh, it's called drop in mm. and we are opening workspace clubs in local communities mm. so the first one opening in uh, east london uh in june and the two guys that are running it are, are really brilliant and i think it's going to be great so that's just that's just Ooh. great fun for me to be involved in so watch this space yes that sounds great okay well i'll love you and leave you and just, yeah, just thanks mark thank you to you as well just for making my life at pret so lovely so thank you um and thanks for just being such an advocate supporter and uh mentor i suppose and, and guider on uh, hospitality rising i really really We'll be eternally grateful for that. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Mark. You've done all the hard work. But uh, yeah, no, that's great. We'll catch up soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. So there we go. What an episode. And I don't know about you, but I have absolutely walked away from that. Much happier, much more well-informed and really just thinking about and reflecting on all of the wonderful people that we have working in hospitality and all the people that work so hard to recruit them and develop them and make life in hospitality as good as it can be so that in order for them to be at their best, to give our customers the best experience. Thanks again to Andrea Wareham, who is the outgoing Chief People Officer for pret and wish her all the luck in terms of next steps and I hope that our paths will cross very soon, and I know we'll be chatting much more in the future about hospitality rising. Thank you so much, Andrea. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. Thanks also to our silver partners, HDI, Saved by Robots, and Airship and Toggle for their support as this podcast would not be possible without all of our partners. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast, and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks, and tales that will make your brand boom. Boom.